Okay, so today is the 9th of April, which means that I've just completed eight full days of this carnivore diet crack, today being the 9th, and I've jotted down a few notes, just things that I've learned along the way over the course of the last eight days or so, and I'm going to rhyme off the 10 things that I've jotted down here very quickly, and then I'm going to go over each one of them in a little bit more detail. Not a whole pile, but just a little bit. So, starting at the top, number one, in no particular order. And it, this is a big one, but again, I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm just going to rhyme them off. Number one, noticing the difference between hunger and a craving. That's number one, in no particular order. Number two, I'm going to bed earlier. Number three, not only am I just eating meat, which I am, I'm also not drinking, I'm not boozing, I'm not eating biscuits, I'm not eating chocolate, I'm not having toast whenever I feel, quote-unquote, peckish. Number four, eight days in and I've stopped stalking the presses. Number five, herself has said that I'm not as groggy in the morning. Number six, after day one, I didn't feel as stodgy. Number seven, my calorie intake has plummeted. Um, I'm probably eating a third of the calories I was, but I'm eating as much as I like. Number eight, at the start I was snacking, but now I begin to eat bigger meals and starting to eat four or five times a day more regularly. Number nine, my shits have gone from the size of an arm to the size of a finger. So there's a, a massive decrease in the volume of food that I'm eating. And last but not least, number 10, I'm getting to know Keith, my local butcher. So I'm going to rhyme off those again. And just as I said, explain them in a little bit more detail, just flesh them out. So the first one I've down here, again, in no particular order, is noticing the difference between hunger and a craving. Okay, so what I've noticed is when I get hungry, I feel it in my stomach. It's a feeling. It's not a thought. It's a feeling. And it's located in my stomach, or at least in my midriff. I mean, I, I can't say that it's coming from my stomach per se, but it's certainly coming from somewhere behind my belly button. Okay, I'm assuming it's my stomach. And that that feeling of that kind of gurgly feeling, or that it's it's not it's not pain, it's not sore by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it very much is a feeling, as opposed to a thought. And I think that's the distinction that needs to be made between actual hunger and a craving. Actual hunger is a feeling. It's almost as if your body needs to tell you you need to eat something, and it can't talk, or at least it can't speak English. So it 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 it, it drives an emotion inside you. It drives a feeling. Because as far as I'm concerned, your soul, not navigates, your soul talks to you for want of a better term. It, do, it doesn't talk now. Communicates, that's the word I was looking for. Your soul communicates to you through feelings and emotions. Okay, so your soul is essentially saying, I need substance, substance, so eat, bitch. And it, it gives you that feeling of needing to eat. As opposed to craving, which is, oh, I love a bar of chocolate. Oh, there's Easter eggs in the fridge. Or, ooh, I'd fucking... Do you know what I'd love now? I'd love a big slice of sourdough toast with a fucking mountain of butter on it and a load of jam, like an inch thick of jam on the top. But that's all. They're thoughts. They're not feelings. They're thoughts. They're wants. They're not needs. Okay, and that's something that I've just really started to notice the difference of is that difference between hunger and and a craving. Okay, so that's number one out of the way. Number two, again, in no particular order. I'm going to bed earlier. Now, I'm waking up at the same time, so I'd usually wake up at around seven o'clock or so, because that's the time the kids wake up, and like it could be half six, it could be half seven. Herself is probably laughing, because she'll be up at fucking one, four, and five, but generally speaking, I'd be up at seven o'clock, 
pre the diet and ever since I've started it now I'm only on my ninth day but reliably I'm going to bed earlier and the reason for that is I get the kids to bed myself and myself have a bit of a chat we unwind we, you know usually we'd have I don't know a cup of tea or whatever else just when we get them to bed and we sit down and watch a bit of telly but now what I'm finding is I'm sitting down and going ah I don't want to just sit down and watch telly. I'll go in and I'll get something to eat. And I'll go into the fri- I'll open the fridge and I'll go, oh, I don't want fucking cold chicken from earlier and I don't want the cold steak from earlier and I don't want this and I don't want that. And I'll go, Ugh. And then I go to the press that I usually go to for me fucking chocolate or whatever else. And I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't eat out and out of there. This is a load of bollocks. And then I sit down in front of the telly and I start flicking through YouTube and I'm like, oh, there's nothing on and there's nothing to eat. Oh, fuck it, I may as well just go to bed. And it's a pure boredom, I'm just going to bed. And that has made me realise that previous to this, what I've been doing is, I've been sitting down in front of the telly, ah, there's nothing on, I'll get something nice, and I'll go and I'll get a fucking biscuit or a box of biscuits, or I'll put on toast, or I'll make myself a sandwich or something. And I'm just killing time as much as servicing a craving. And then I get something to eat, I sit down, I watch my programme as I eat it, Watch or eating what I'm eating, let's say it takes five minutes, and let's say the program is half an hour. When you're five minutes into a half hour program, odds are you'll finish it. So I think that's pretty much what I was doing. I was eating myself into a program, and then the end of the program would sustain me to the end of the program. But I, I, I've got enough of a hook in the five minutes that I was stuffing my face full of biscuits or whatever it was. Within that five minutes, the thing that I've been watching has hooked me in, and I'm happy to watch it for the remaining 25 minutes or 40 minutes or for however long it lasts. But now that I don't have that five minutes of stuffing something into my face, I'm bored and I get one minute into one video and then one minute into another video and then one minute into another video and I'm not being hooked into the programme. So I just end up going, ah, do you know what, fuck it, and go to bed. Now, I have stayed up late once or twice. I've stayed up really late. I've stayed up way later than I fucking needed to. And... The difference between that and what would normally happen is now when I stay up really late, I'm up to fucking a mental hour, like 12 o'clock. Ooh, like I'm staying up till 12 o'clock. Like I usually wouldn't go to bed till fucking 12 or 1. And if I was to stay up late, I'm up till fucking 2 or 3. But that 2 or 3 has become 12 and my 12 or 1 o'clock bedtime has become, you know, 9, half 9. And as I was saying, I'm getting up at the same time, so I'm just packing in more sleep, which could never hurt. Number three, um, it's not just that I'm eating nothing but meat, which is exactly what I'm doing, but as importantly, if not more importantly, I'm not boozing ahead of myself. I haven't touched a drop of alcohol or anything other than water. It's mad. For the first time in my life, I've gone eight days without drinking anything other than water and coffee. Drinking a lot of coffee. I'm not drinking a lot of coffee. I'm drinking fucking four or five cups a day. Am I drinking that much? Yeah, I'm probably drinking four or five cups a day. But anyway, minor thing. No sugar in it or anything. You know, leave me alone. I'm not eating the biscuits. I'm not eating the chocolate. I'm not eating the Easter eggs. I'm not eating the fucking fruity bars. I'm not fucking doing any of that shit. I'm not putting on toast when I feel peckish. I'm not lathering stuff in butter and almond butter and fucking jam and all sorts of deliciousnesses. I'm not doing any of that. So as well as the benefit of going on the carnivore diet, there's obviously the benefit of not being on the terrible diet that you were on. So it's not as though I'm going from a healthy diet, a healthy, balanced diet of meat and vegetables to just meat. 
I'm going from a terrible diet of meat, vegetables and a whole plethora of processed shite that I should never have had in the house, never mind inside my face. But that's that one. Number four, eight days in, I've stopped stocking the presses. It's taken the eight days. So on the f- on day one, I must have went to the press a thousand times. Okay, I obviously didn't go to it a thousand times, but it felt like I went to it a thousand times. So let's say I usually go to the press ten times in a day and take out a biscuit or half a biscuit or a sweet or whatever the fuck it was I was in the habit of fucking picking on. I'm not doing that anymore now, but at the start... If I did it 10 times a day before the diet, I was probably doing it 40 times a day when I started it. Because before I go to the press and I get something and I'd I'd service that craving, so that craving would pass. But at the start, I'd open the press, I'd have a rummage and then I'd go, oh, I can't fucking eat that of in here. And then I close it. But you haven't satisfied that craving. And that was hard at the start. That was the hardest thing. It's the only hard part of it, to be honest with you. It's the it's the not servicing the craving. That's been the only hard thing. Now, if somebody else was to do this who mightn't be a big meat eater like me, I love me meat side. You know, I've been experimenting with fucking steaks and organs and all sorts of stuff, and it's been fucking savage because I'm into that anyway. So that was easy. That wasn't work for me in the least. But if you're not a big meat eater, if you're not a big meathead, and you try and do this, you'll struggle with the cravings, but you'll also struggle with what you actually have to eat. I haven't struggled with what I have to eat in the least, because as I said, I'm a big lover of meats in the first place. But day one, if I had been going to the press 10 times, I was going to the press 40 times. But what what happened over the first three or four days, and remember, this is only my ninth day in, so it's not as if I'm I'm a seasoned fucking person, I'm not a veteran at this, and you know, I've barely done it a week. But, Within the space of that week, I noticed that I was going to the press, let's say, 40 times, 30, 20, 10, do you know, and now I'm not going to the press at all. But it was weird because at the start, I'd go to the press and I'd open it. And I'd, it's mad because I'd be rummaging around inside the press before it'd click. There's nothing in here for you, Frano. And it's like, oh, fuck yeah, because, you know, typically you don't keep meat where you keep your fucking biscuits or your chocolate or whatever it is that you're, you're snacking on. But for the first day or two or three, I was opening the door and rummaging. By the fourth day, I'd open the door and close it. Like, literally, it just opened, closed. I'd barely see what was inside it because I open it and then it goes, it's not in here, and you close it. And then by day five or six, it was like I'd, I'd take a step towards the, the press or I, I might even reach to the handle, but I wouldn't make it to the handle because that little part of my brain that was saying there's nothing in there, Frano, was just a little bit quicker on the ball. It just got there faster. I, I like in the last two or three days, I haven't opened that press once to see what was inside it because, in the first over the course of the first eight days, I've left that behind me. Now it's still there, waiting to come back, and I have to be wary of that. But as it stands, I haven't I haven't opened the door in you know two days, and my reaching for the handle has declined to the point where I'm not even sure if I reached for it yesterday. I think I'm within a week. I think I was more or less out of the habit of of reaching for it. Now that's not purely down to the habitual nature of that. That's down to me not getting the cravings that I would have once had. Okay, so even just a week, completely, totally, and utterly off sugar, simple or complex or whatever way you want to mix it. Remember now, I'm not eating fruit. I'm not eating any. I'm not eating anything other than meat. 
nothing other than meat. I'm not eating butter, I'm not eating milk. The closest thing that I get is I am eating black and white pudding and I have to have a chat with my butcher about this because I don't know, there's definitely oats in them because I found one. Or maybe not an oat, but something that was from a cereal plant. Now, typically I think black and white pudding have between 10 and 15% other stuff other than meat now other stuff other than meat and fat I have to double check that but look black and white pudding make up I don't know 5% of my diet now and if 10% of 5% of my diet is carbs I can kind of let that slide but anyway I've stopped stocking the presses number 5 herself has said that I'm not as groggy in the morning I wouldn't have said that it's not that I disagree with her but I didn't notice it personally. I didn't find myself to have much more energy. But she's adamant that I'm 100% sharper and just more alert and more active and quicker to get out of bed and quicker to fucking start my day, basically. And it's no wonder, because that could just that could just purely be down to having more sleep. It mightn't have anything to do with eating nothing but meat, per se. It could be entirely down to me just sleeping more and being more refreshed and being ready to start the day. After day one, I didn't feel as stodgy. Stodgy is a weird one. I didn't feel as, I suppose, bloated might be a synonym for stodgy. I didn't feel, I don't know, kind of full. Like, I've I've been hungry but felt full before. And that stodginess, that's just a big giant tractor driving by, by the way, if you're wondering. I had to fucking move. I'm not at the side of the house. I'm actually in a church car park down the road because my ignorant bastard neighbours decided that today was the day that they were going to put a big tree through a wood chipper. But anyway... Don't feel as stodgy. I know it's not exactly a, a technical term, but I can't I can't explain it any better than that. Number seven, my calorie intake has plummeted. Now, there's a reason I'm there's a reason I'm using the word plummeted, and there's a reason that I'm saying it like this: plummeted. I genuinely think I'm probably eating a third of the calories that I was, but I'm by no means restricting myself. I'm eating, as as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what the general consensus is amongst proponents of the carnivore diet because I haven't gone down a carnivore diet rabbit hole. I wanted to kind of learn on the job. But that's just one thing that I've noticed is that my calorie intake has plummeted. And from day one, I said, I, if I was going to do this carnivore thing, I wasn't going to be fucking hungry. And I, if that meant that I put on extra weight over the course of April, I was fucking more than happy with that because the whole point of this in the first place was to knock me off my, my sugar buzz, basically, and just to just to use it as a, a bit of a, a reset, which has worked absolutely amazingly. But again, I can't stress this enough. The amount of calories that I'm consuming has plummeted. And I've been thinking about this a little, so... Your average steak is about 170 calories in it, as, far, as best as I can guess. Now, look, steaks come in different sizes, steaks have different fat contents. Some are 150, some are 200. It just, it depends. There's 101 million different variables. So technically, there's no answer to how much a steak weighs, okay? It's like how many blades of grass are on, on a lawn. Well, how big is your fucking lawn? What type of grass is it? How long has it been there? Like, There's a, there's a whole plethora of things that, that come into it, but... We'll just take 170 calories. I think that's an accurate enough estimation for your average steak. Okay, so take 170 calories. And we'll keep the math simple here. So let's say you eat 10 of them, right? That's 1,700 calories. The average male is supposed to be eating 2,500 calories. I probably should be eating a little bit more than that because I, I run all the time and I'm I'm into exercise and all that jazz. So I should 
probably get a little bit more. I might be a touch bigger than the average person too. I don't know, I'm 5'11", and at the minute I'm walking around at about 90 kilos. So I would imagine I'm slightly above average. So because of that, if nothing else, and the fact that I run, I might need more than 2,500. But again, the general consensus is you need 2,500 calories for a full-grown man to eat. So in keeping with the steaks, okay? So if I was to eat 10 steaks a day, that means I'd only be getting... 1700 calories but think about that two steaks five times a day imagine you got up and you had two steaks for your breakfast okay then you had two steaks at like 10 or 11 o'clock then you had another two steaks at lunchtime then you had two steaks for your dinner and then you had two steaks for your supper you wouldn't be getting nearly enough food into you at that rate so it's no wonder that my calorie intake has plummeted. Even if I was having a, a normal, balanced, healthy diet of meat and vegetables, okay, my calorie intake would have been two and a half, three thousand. But because my my diet was so fucking terrible, I could have been packing in three thousand calories plus a day, no problem, whether I was fucking running or not. More maybe. I, I don't know because I never tracked it. But anyway. Yeah, so number seven was my calorie intake has plummeted. Number eight, at the start I was snacking, but now I'm eating bigger meals and eating four or five times a day and I'm, I'm more regular. So at the very start, I kept eating the way I'd always been eating. And the way I'd always been eating was I'd get up and get breakfast and then if I felt like eating something ten minutes later, I'd I'd know have a cracker or a fucking slice of toast or a biscuit or whatever the fuck. And when I started on this carnivore diet, I got up and I'd have a big breakfast. But then 10 minutes later, out of habit more than anything else, I'd find myself picking. And because I was cooking a load of meat, I'd have meat to hand in the fridge. I was conscious of that at the start. I didn't want to be hungry. And I didn't want to be caught. Oh, I don't have time to fucking cook anything. So I have to go hungry. I didn't want to do that. So I was conscious. I consciously put a load of ready to eat meat in the fridge to hand. So the habit of picking. I maintained that through the first couple of days. But with every day, I just found myself picking less because you kind of get sick of it. You're like, you, you feel like picking on something and you're like, oh God, I've, I can't eat any more chicken. I can't eat any more fucking steak. I'm not spooning mince into myself with no fucking sauce on it or anything. You're just like, ugh, you couldn't be arsed. So I basically just got out of the habit of, of snacking. And what I found is, so I'd have breakfast and then I wouldn't snack, but come lunchtime I'd be fucking hungry like. So I started upping the breakfast, eating more. And when I had a bigger breakfast, I wouldn't be hungry. And then I could have lunch and that would be great. But then I'd be I'd be peckish throughout the day and I and I mean hungry like, not craving. I'd, I'd actually be hungry. I'd have that feeling of hunger in me. And I go, fuck this. So I had a bigger lunch. So I'm having bigger meals more regularly. Now, having said that. I've massively increased the amount, I've massively increased the size of the meals I'm eating, but I've cut down on the snacking in between. So my calorie intake still has still plummeted, even though I'm really beefing up my meals and having them more regularly. Number nine, my shits have gone from the size of an arm to the size of a finger. I'm putting that down purely to volume, because... When I think of the dinners that I used to have, like I'd have fucking four or five big roast buds, two or three big heads of uh, cauliflower and broccoli, a load of carrots, some peas and a steak or a fucking piece of a cooked chicken or whatever. And there'd be a savage volume of food. like. And if I was to add that to my breakfast and my supper and throw in all the snacks, like you'd have a fucking black bag full by the end of the day. And that has to go somewhere. 
Like, granted, you burn off so much of it in energy and all the rest of it. But for the most part, that has to come through you. And that's why my shits were the size of my arms, practically. And now, because the food that I'm eating is so much more calorie dense and it's so much more filling, I'm not eating a fraction of the volume of the food, never mind the calories. I said earlier my calorie intake has plummeted, but the volume of food, the, like the, the literal physical size of the food that I've been consuming has just fallen off a fucking cliff. And you can see that in the fucking toilet bowl. Um, Consistency-wise, it's probably about the same. I don't have a dose of the scutters. I don't know why. I was kind of somewhat expecting that I would, given that there's like literally zero fibre in my diet. But then again, I don't think there's any fibre in a lion's diet or a carnivore. No, I know human. I'm not a lion. I get that. But we are placental mammals. We do have a lot of crossover. Um, I was going to say bears there for a second, but bears are omnivores, so that's different. They would have fibre in their diet. But any of the big cats, they're all strict carnivores. So I've often wondered, well, not often, but recently I've often wondered, where are they getting their fibre from? And if they're not getting any fibre, is a lot, do lions and all big cats, do they have big scuttery shits? They don't, by the way. I know that from just following nature documentaries over the year. They, they certainly don't. Animal shit is called scat, I believe. And I've seen lion scat before and other big cats scat. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's it's no different to humans. I mean, it's... Or a dog, say. It's consistency-wise. Like it, they don't spray their shit by any stretch of the imagination. But anyway, enough about big cats' shits. Number 10. I'm getting to know Keith. <laughs> Keith's fucking bang on, so he is. I haven't told him about the whole carnivore diet thing. I was going to the first day I rocked up. Now, I didn't call into him till day six or something. Because, again, I was just in the habit of buying me meat out of the supermarket. But I was because I'm eating nothing but meat, I'm, and I'm eating a lot of meat, I'm very conscious of where it's coming from. And that's no fucking harm. I think, I think everybody should probably give the carnivore diet for a month, if for no other reason, just to heighten your awareness of where your fucking food is coming from. So, been chatting away to Keith. Now, we haven't gone down a where's this coming from rabbit hole just yet, but I intend to. I had intended to say to him the day I walked in, but when he turned around and went, how can I help you? I went, oh, okay. Um, can you tell me what's in front of me here? Because I said it straight out. I go, apologies. I'm not used to buying meat at a butcher's. I said it's usually our self's domain. And he goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> blame the woman kind of thing. But, um, and it's not that I'd usually do the shopping, but again, I go to the supermarket and I just put the meat into the trolley like pretty much everybody else. So I had all, I had great intentions of telling him, telling him that he was going to be my new best friend over the next month, but bottled it essentially. And I've been in once or twice since and it hasn't come up. Now, I would imagine it will inevitably come up because if I'm going in there every two days and I'm buying fucking two or three steaks and some liver and some God knows what and I'm inquiring about, you know, can he get me in a fucking heart or two or something because I'm, I'm really keen to, to explore non-meats, so organs basically. I've had lamb liver and I've had beef liver, both fucking delicious, but I haven't. I'd love to try a bit of heart and I just, it's not that I'd love to try a bit of heart, I would love to try a bit of heart, but I want to get into it. Do you know what kind of way? I want to go down the fucking, the carnivore rabbit hole and learn a bit along the way because that's that's my that's my hobby horse I'm fucking interested I'm constantly being pulled in half a dozen different directions and I like that um, so yeah I'm getting to know Keith my local butcher there's two Keiths actually well I have to figure out fucking which one's which fucking sneaky bastards they're twins they're not both called Keith 
but the shop is called Keats Meats. Shout out to Keats Meats out in Wilkinstown, the best butcher this side of the River Boyne. And on that note, that's just the 10 things that came to mind from being on my ninth day of the carnivore diet. Questions, queries, all that jazz, you'll get me on WhatsApp on 089 60 And on that note, I'll chat you soon.